0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Mortgage Man Podcast, brought to you by Tanta Financial Advisors. In this podcast series, we're going to bring to you information around KiwiSaver, how to withdraw it, how to use it, how to make the most of it, as well as mortgages, obviously. When it comes to buying your first home, your first investment property, or your 10th, we can definitely help you out. And finally, we talk to professionals in each of those industries to help cover specific topics, to help you guys out when it comes to buying, selling, or ensuring yourself and your loved ones so enjoy and if you need to get in touch please email us at hello at tanta.co.nz hey everyone welcome to another mortgage man and tanta podcast lockdown level three i'm here with chris brown from tanta how you doing mate
1: yeah, good man. Nice takeaway coffee, and everything, uh, <laughs> world well, suddenly seems a bit easier.
0: Yeah, a little bit Once the new road is very busy this morning and yesterday. It's almost like it's back to normal. Um, so, today's date, September the 23rd, and we're going to do like a little market update. We're going to talk about some stats. We're going to kind of go over and discuss some strengths and weaknesses of the current housing market, some opportunities for first home buyers and investors and some threats that people should be looking out for. So if you're into small business, we're doing a SWOT analysis on the big business of the New Zealand (laughs) property prices. Um, So obviously this is our educated opinion on what's happening um, as well as looking at the stats. So I'm going to start with house prices have gone up, obviously. Um, I've got a stat in front of me that says it's gone up the average house price 25.2% in the last 12 months from July to July. So that's gone from $660,000 up to $826,000. That is a massive jump. Um, Obviously, even Auckland has gone up to a million dollar average house price. Um, In the past, this was due to interest rates being lowered. Um, the OCR being lowered because of our first lockdown. Um, but Chris, what do you think is going to happen in the next 12 months? Because obviously this is another lockdown and yet interest rates have been continuously put up rather than down. So what's going to happen? What do you reckon?
1: Yeah, it's, a, it's the million dollar question quite literally at the moment. <laughs>
0: Are you still there? Have you gone and put yourself on mute?
1: Still good on my end.
0: When are you going to tell me your opinion of what you think is going to happen next 12 months?
1: (laughs) I think we're in a really interesting spot at the moment in that uh, there's huge pressures pushing the market up still. Uh, So those same things that pushed it up 25% are still there. However, there's now massive pressures trying to pull it back down. So the government stepped in and they're trying to pull the, or slow the price rise and all that kind of stuff. So we're in a real tug of war kind of situation. Um, and I think from my mind, we, like the the fundamental basics of supply and demand is still going to win that battle
0: which Everything, not enough supply essentially is what you're saying
1: there's not enough supply and, and the more that we get people desperate uh, the more that we see people um bit outbidding each other the prices are still going to go up i definitely don't think it's going to go up at 25 percent again it's outrageous um there's no way like just fundamentally people don't earn Uh, people's earnings don't go up that quickly so it's always got to kind of flatten out at some point um there's just not enough money for people to keep for it to keep going up at that rate however there is like kind of every time we have a lockdown there's kind of people stuck at home with their parents or with their flatmate or their leaky dungy uh, flat that they're they're living in and they, they want to improve it, they're looking around and saying, man, a photo would be really nice there, but the landlord won't let me drill a hole in the wall. That gets to you. Um, and so we, we have people come in with a little bit more desperation than normal after lockdowns, and therefore it um, often drives prices up again because they're like, you know what? Screw it. I'll happily eat rice for two years to not be in my flat again. <laughs> um, and I was you know, talking with one of the big banks yesterday um, and they said across the country, everyone who's in level two, they're seeing an increase in lending and an increase in, in buying again. Um, mm. And they're starting to see, you know, even after two weeks they've been in level two, that prices are going up <laughs> again.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, people have been locked up anyway. So even if they were already looking for a house um, or almost looking for a house, they were probably just waiting until the market is open again. And now that it is, especially, well, in the rest of the country, they are like, okay, cool. Let's rush to quickly buy something before um, it goes up again. Um, Just going back to those stats... Um, We talk about supply and demand. So interestingly, in the last 12 months, immigration was down. Only 4,711 people uh, came to New Zealand in the last 12 months compared to 85,000 in the 12 months prior. So even though supply and demand (laughs) is the main kind of guideline for our house prices, you'd say demand would be down because of that immigration stat. So what's going to happen when we do have the borders back open again, supply is going to increase, our demand is going to increase without as much of supply. So that's quite interesting as well.
1: Yeah. Like I said, there's, there's a huge tug of war going on and, and um, the, so you've got the reserve bank at the moment touting that their their measures that they're putting in place are working um, and that, over the next 24 months, they reckon everything they've done is going to work. Um, now, if anyone's followed the government's and the uh, rate, and, <laughs> yeah, they're saying we're going to open the borders, we're going to make it harder for people to borrow, um, and you know, it's all going to work out perfectly. I don't think that's the case whatsoever. Um, is And I know talking from clients that they have... Uh, who are, you know, from the likes of America, South Africa, Europe, that the second their families get a chance to come to New Zealand, they're going to do everything they possibly can to get here. So there's another whole factor of immigration might be down right now. And, and, you know, what was it? 30,000 people uh, trying to come home. Only 3,000 could get spots in MIQ. Imagine how many of those thirty thousand people would buy houses if they were here, Um, you know. So, uh, and I I think we're kind of again just a massive tug of war. There's it can't keep going up, but there's so many things that are there to push it up. (laughs) Um, Talk about one other
0: that is going to maybe pull it back down is building consents. So, obviously, we are seeing a lot of townhouses and apartments being built. Um, They are continuing to go up. So, 3.8% just in June alone, um, with another 45,000 new dwellings consented over the past year. So, um, I guess that, in a way, might pull back the supply or increase the supply, whether or not they all get built and get built in time is going to tell us. But like you said, there is... 30,000 New Zealanders wanting to come back home There's their family members and and just now New Zealand is probably a more desirable destination. And of course, you could also argue that when the borders open us New Zealanders that live in New Zealand will travel overseas or move to other countries, but it's very unlikely that they're going to sell any property that they own when they do that They might just keep it as a rental. Um, So it's not really going to free up anything on the supply side either.
1: No, I think if you've had a 25% increase on your property, there's no way you sell that (laughs) unless you have to. Um, So, yeah, I I think the Reserve Bank came out with one of their predictions of why it's going to, the prices are going to flatten out or go down is that we've had the most consents given um, in the last three months, I think it was, than... um, they have in the last kind of 10 years. So mm-hmm. it's the highest number of consents given out ever. Um, and hopefully that helps dim it. But again, um, you know, there's a massive lag time on that, right? So, how long does it take for them to build a property? At the moment? Consent is given, but then it still takes 12 to 18 months. You hear all these horror stories of, of um, new builds taking forever to get build one. You know, we're seeing the the drama of building materials running short and all sorts of things. So, yes, we will see a, a ease of um, of increase in supply. Sub- increase in supply, which will help out the situation. However, uh, will it be enough and will it be in time? Is the next question. So again, costs? because
0: if you think building costs are going up they're going to be passed on to the end buyer. And if you think of development costs like the jury development where the council distributions went up by 600%, if that happens across the board, that's, you know, that's going to be passed down to the, the end buyer. And that means that no matter how many houses you build, if it's too expensive to build, then house prices are going to have to go up because otherwise no one's going to build them.
1: That's right. Yeah. And I think um, we are seeing inflation across the board and everyone that's the large reason why the reserve bank is increasing interest rates, excuse me, to um, try and ease inflation, which means things get more expensive. So they're trying to push interest rates up to stop people spending so much. Mm -hmm. Um, However, you know, you can't to do that. It's trying to artificially alter demand and and uh, we have a massive demand that they've got to try and get over top of. And interest rates are still cheap. Three and a half, four 4% is still cheap interest rates. You know, it's not, it, we're talking, it's gone up, but it's less than a percent from an all-time low. So yes, it's gone up, but it's still cheap.
0: <laughs> so the next stat, and I said I was only going to do, that was my last one, but I got one more. Rental increases, so um, rents have gone up by three point two percent. I think they 're probably going to go up even more now that the new interest reductability rules come in, um, which obviously means it 's harder for people that are renting to save for a house, so that kind of also affects things, um, which made, kind of leads me on to my next kind of question, based on the market that we have and potentially are going to have in the next six months what opportunities do you kind of see for first home buyers and for people that maybe want to be first time investors as well it's a
1: bit of a loaded yeah. question wasn't it <laughs> bit of a loaded question i, I hey i think this you know new zealand property is it is our it is our main source of income it is our biggest investment vehicle whether it's your mum and dad buying their own property, the way they retire is they grow old, they sell their property and then they can retire. Nobody really saves enough money to retire on their own. Um, and that is the fundamental um, kind of how Kiwis operate. So I think there's always going to be a place. And, and so I would always encourage people do it sooner rather than later because Even if we have a dip, we have a flatten out, we have whatever, it's going to be a fundamental cornerstone of the New Zealand economy forever until things change. Um, And I don't see that anytime soon. So my advice is always big, borrow, steal, get in sooner rather than later. (laughs) Opportunities, you're definitely going to have some people being squeezed out who potentially overleveraged um, in terms of investment properties. So you might see a few more properties come up with the new interest deductibility um, rules coming in. So there'll definitely be some people who haven't kind of got their, their act together and now they're suddenly faced with a much larger tax bill than they thought. So they'll be forced to offload. Um, the, likewise, with the number of consents being issued, Hopefully, there's too many new builds on the market at one time. If they all come on at the same time, we'll have some good prices um, there for a short time while we don't have 30,000 Kiwis coming back into New Zealand every week. Um, You know, so I think there is a small ish window of opportunity whereby um, we will have increased supply and we will have people freaking out and selling.
0: Yeah, do you do you think the opportunities now for first home buyers might actually be buying existing property rather than a new build? Because in the past, it's always been new builds are for first home buyers because investors or developers want the existing properties. Um, if someone like myself has a few existing properties and doesn't want to pay tax on them, then he's going to sell those properties and another investor isn't really gonna buy them because of the tax reasons. So does that then become a potential uh, purchase for a new
1: first home buyer? 100% man. I think um, I think it's kind of flipped it back to being 50-50 again. So it was probably I'd say 70-30, 80-20 kind of area of new, first home buyers were better off buying new builds just because of the, the certainty around the price, um, the quality of the house, et cetera, et cetera. There were all sorts of problems that came with that, but it was uh, an easier path an easier process for 1st home buyers to do. Um, but I think it's kind of flipped back 50-50 now for a short time anyways, where because investors are gonna be looking at those new builds and they're getting rid of their existing builds um, at the same time. Um, so I think it's, it's far more 50-50 playing field now. Um, so it's definitely swung back towards they're both good options for 1st home buyers again. Do you think there's any threats
0: or risks for someone that is buying a property um, like today or in the
1: next month? 100%, man. Like I said, there's a lot of things trying to push uh, interest rates up at the moment. So if you're leveraging up too high, you're spending to your absolute limit, and then you're going to think that your job or your, um, you know, your job's at risk or your wife's going to be pregnant, and suddenly what you thought you could afford is now suddenly uh, a little bit more than what it was when you, you know, six, 12 months down the track. Um that's definitely a far bigger concern now than it has been when the interest rates were always going down. Mm-hmm. Um, there's potential for the Reserve Bank to just be like, "No, nah, we're, we're going to dig their heels in, we're going to make it more expensive, we're going to bring house prices into check and we're going to keep increasing the interest rates till that happens. I hope they don't do that, but it is a potential and it is a risk that you would want to make sure you've thought about before you buy at the moment.
0: Yeah, so So, I'm kind of reading between the lines there because if a bank gives you a mortgage, they're usually the most risk averse in the whole transaction. You know, they service your interest rate quite high at 6% or whatever it is. So maybe looking internally at your own personal situation, if you think there's going to be a change in your income, then that's maybe the only reason why you probably shouldn't jumping into a new purchase so like you said if your wife's going to get pregnant um, or if you may not be working as much as you used to uh, rather than being too concerned about what's happening on the outside because you know even at a six percent interest rate you should still be able to afford your mortgage but that's if you're on two incomes if one of your incomes then gets decreased then that's going to be a bigger issue than if interest rates go up from three percent to four percent.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think it's literally just today's, like, if you can get a mortgage today, there's, it, you, you will be able to afford it. It's that changing circumstances and make sure you keep that in mind when you're spending your absolute top dollar. Mm. So if you've got changes that you know are going to happen in the next 12 months that you're prepared for it, mm. um, is, is what I'd always just say. That's the biggest risk at the moment. With things changing so quickly, keep that in mind. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, is there anything else that we kind of need to, I mean, I just want to say that this podcast, this, this is probably the best we've ever done. This is good quality information in here. Um, <laughs> is there anything else that you think, like any other strengths, weaknesses, opportunities for people that we haven't really covered? Like we've obviously said that we think house prices are going to continue to rise. They might slow down but they're not going to go down unless some massive change happens. Um, you know, opportunities, I guess, for investors, new builds are still really attractive because they're exempt from the interest deductibility rules. You can get less to purchase them with less deposit. Um, what, I guess we, w- we were talking before about the total debt to total income ratio that people have probably heard about. And you brought up a, an interesting exemption. Can I cover that quickly?
1: Yeah, so the Reserve Bank um, has again said that there is, um, you're not allowed to spend more than your your personal income can kind of cover to roughly seven times, right? And that's kind of what total income to total debt means. Mm -hmm. That is largely aimed at um, investors saying that You've got if you're reliant too much on rental income, we're not going to give you uh, a mortgage because your your personal day-to-day job, your salary, your business income doesn't support it because it's too reliant on rental income, and it's aimed to to slow down uh, investors. However, some of the banks are actually extending that to say that. That is now they're going to take that into consideration when you're doing your owner-occupied property as well. So they're saying that if there's potential, you know, you can't rely too heavily on boarders or flatmates, or uh, if it's too, um, if you do have another rental property, but this is still buying your your own home, they're going to take that into consideration when you're buying your own home as well. So interesting that the different banks are taking different views on that. Um, and it's, it's been left up to everyone's own interpretation by the Reserve Bank, but they've said that you, that f- for investment specifically, you can't have too much outside income outside of your pers- personal salaried income. So uh, some banks are doing it differently, uh, and it's making a real different playing field of, among those buying owner-occupied builds at the moment. Yeah. But um, what I would say is the the big thing to keep in mind, bring it back to kind of basics. Um, there is so much change and there's so much information floating around at the moment that it's really easy to get lost. Like for kind of nerds like Aaron and I, it is so exciting. We could talk here <laughs> for hours on the changes. There's a whole nother uh, recession factor of China's building going on as well well that we could touch on but don't get distracted by all of that there's so many different things pulling in either way but the fundamental thing is property in New Zealand is the biggest investment vehicle the biggest creation of wealth the biggest um, asset class we have in New Zealand and it's going to be a good thing no matter what little fluctuations happen um, in the market and take all that all that other stuff out of the way and, and find something that you can afford, you know you're going to be okay for the next couple of years and just do it. Like There's, there's so much distraction at the moment that it's easy to lose sight of that and you can do research for Africa um, and it will just mean you lose opportunities while it keeps going up, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, for sure. And that's kind of what it's been like for the last 30 years is people can get distracted with all the noise but if they just bought a house and even if they paid... Five to ten percent more than what they thought it was worth, or more than they wanted to. They're not going to cry over that five years, ten years down the track. Um, A good example actually was a house I purchased in Mount Wanganui for four hundred and fifty-five thousand, literally six years ago. And I remember I only wanted to pay nine twenty-five for it. Nine twenty-five, four twenty-five. So four twenty-five got it for four fifty-five. It's now worth probably a million dollars. Six years ago, like. Yeah. I'm not really that upset that I spent thirty thousand dollars more on it. Um, so,
1: yeah, I can I can give you an even uh, sooner uh, example. This when I bought my current home, I'm in. Um, I made the mistake of telling the real estate agent uh, how much I was willing to go up to, and I remember giving the off the first offer to the uh, to the vendors. And see their eyes light up, and they're like, "Yes!" And then the real estate agent took them aside, and then they came back and said, "All right, we want fifty thousand dollars more." And I just dropped my head in shame, like, "Damn it! I really shouldn't have said anything." Um, but now it's gone up ten times that extra fifty grand uh, in six to eight months, which is absolutely ridiculous. So that little bit extra I paid an extra 50 grand really hurt at the time it's in it's just not even a factor anymore it's just it's irrelevant <laughs> I've yeah, made my be, money 10 uh, times yeah, over time of house prices drop and cut in half which I
0: doubt they will we might be uh, doing a different podcast on emotional support for people that spent too much money on the horses <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah i think uh, you'd have 30 years worth of people in that category <laughs> but um we got we got some serious bucking the trend there to happen before that's the case
0: yeah all right i think we will leave it there because this is probably by far our longest podcast that we've done um but for anyone listening of course you can just give us a call i've spoken to a few of you actually this week that have listened to our some of our other podcasts so it's good to chat with you. Oh, just dropped my laptop. Um, so, if you need to get in touch, hello at Tanta, dot nz, um, or you can just whack Chris or Aaron in front of that same email address at nz and contact us that way. Any closing statements, Mr. Brown? Stay safe out there. Don't go crazy. <laughs> go get some takeaways. Enjoy those coffees.
1: Yeah. I'm going to go play golf and get a coffee from my local pro shop. (laughs) Support local. Yeah.